0: Will you guys just slow it down and make it funky like we always wanted it to be? You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. me and you're binge watching The Wire constantly, which I I love to do, you know that in season three, the Western District Commander, Bunny Colvin. Bunny Colvin is the major that runs the Western District in Baltimore on The Wire. If you haven't seen The Wire, then you need to go see it. If you listen to this show, you know I talk about The Wire all the time. I talk about Breaking Bad all the time. I talk about Better Call Saul all the time. And The Wire means a lot to me personally because I lived in Baltimore as a kid and my dad pastored in West Baltimore while I was a kid. And I've seen a lot of the stuff that's on The Wire with, with my own eyes. I mean, I lived there during the crack era. And the crime, the the, the urban blight, the impoverishment, it's, it's very real. And it's very scary. I know they've gentrified a lot of areas in Baltimore, but there's still some areas on the west side that are just just terrible. The school systems are bad. It's dangerous to park your car. Like it's it's really rough in Baltimore. I know they don't have as many of those tower projects as they did when I was a kid. But crime and the drug trade is pervasive. And in in season three, Bunny Coleman, who who ran the Western District and was the district commander. He decided to make drugs legal. So he felt tactically that if they just rounded up all of the the drug dealers and put them into several zones, that it would be safer for the rest of the community. So they basically rounded up all the drug dealers, put them on school buses. They said, you can sell drugs on these three corners and we will not arrest you. We will not harass you. You can sell. You can sell the heroin. You can sell the the yay. You can you can sell whatever you want. And we're going to get out of your way as long as you stay away from the rest of the the western district. And as long as there are no murders, you can sell drugs. And people got wind of it. The news got wind of it. They were actually churches that came down and and healthcare companies to to bring syringes and people to do counseling and all of that. And you basically had an open-air drug market in Baltimore on The Wire in Season 3. Now, of course, that did not work because Bunny Colvin did that without authorization from the higher-ups. And then eventually somebody overdosed there, and it, and it got ugly. There were some there were some crimes there. People got robbed, stuff like that. Because when you have that element, you're you're going to have unfortunate events. And Bunny Colvin got fired. He became a a laughing stock in the community. He had to basically go underground. Like it was his career was completely napalmed by that decision. Well, the reason I bring that up. In Vancouver, and if you're if you're listening out in Seattle, when I lived in Seattle, I used to go to Vancouver at least once a month. And I tell a story. I was there with my cousin Carrie. My cousin Carrie came out to visit me, and I was just like, "Well, Carrie, let's let's you know it's a it's a Saturday. I was like, let's go let's go up to Vancouver, Let's go grab some lunch up there. It's only a two hour drive, hour and forty five minute drive." From downtown seattle so we went to vancouver we're trying to find stanley park and some of the areas downtown vancouver is a beautiful city by the way it has gorgeous people it's like the san diego of canada it's a movie star element people dress nice and downtown vancouver is like crystal city it looks like if you look at pictures of heaven descending from the sky during christ's second coming that's kind of what vancouver looks like So, me and my cousin Carrie are driving around Vancouver. We're just sightseeing, enjoying all of this stuff. We make a wrong turn heading east on Hastings Street. Going away from Vancouver, going east. And much to our chagrin, we're driving down East Hastings Street in Vancouver and we stumble across an open-air drug market. And when I say that my cousin Carrie and I went to hell for five minutes. We went to hell for five minutes. I've never seen anything in North America in the developed world as disgusting as what I saw on East Hastings street in Vancouver. I had nightmares about it. I was intrigued by it. I was like, is this, is this something that can happen in the developed world? You're talking about an open air drug market, people shooting heroin in the street thousands and thousands of people is like zombies, dawn of the dead. People that were amputees and and people that were that were were crippled for whatever ailments that they had shooting dope while rolling around in wheelchairs. Prostitution. You can see prostitution and you can see heroin usage and you can see people People wearing clothes with holes in them and just just people having having coke fits. All of that stuff. I'd never seen anything like it. And in Vancouver, they have an open air drug market. They allow and push people into they call it the the downtown east side. It's right east of downtown Vancouver. And they push all of their drug trade and all of their prostitution and all of that stuff, they push it into like a a, a six square block area. And when you're going through there, you're driving through there, it's hell. I, I just I can't I don't even have I don't have the vernacular or the vocabulary to describe it, but it it scared the heck out of me. And the thing I was worried that someone's gonna go snatch us out of our car, but people were just there to get their get their fixing and living a life. So I I started researching the downtown east side and east hastings street and i found out kind of the the genesis of it and and there they have they have a lot of healthcare companies that come in and they give people syringes so they can do drugs and they do aids testing and they do mental health evaluation there are a lot of brothels but these are not nice brothels this isn't this isn't Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker in Hong Kong for rush hour 2 these are poorly ventilated 150 square square foot rooms that are just disgusting. I mean, it's just a disgusting place. Uh, but the rest of the city of Vancouver is beautiful. It's gorgeous. So they sacrifice that one ward, that one zone, that one area to, to make the rest of the city clean and pristine. So when the Olympics was in Vancouver, you see you see all the clean and pristine stuff. When the, when the when the World Cup for soccer for women was in Vancouver, I was up there. You go to to BC Field, I think that's what it's called, where the BC Lions play, the British Columbia Lions play. You don't see that because they cover up the urban blight, they cover up the decay, they cover up the gangrene, they cover those things up. Well, I read an article, just kind of getting an update. Vancouver's mayor says the city is working to find indoor space for those living in tent cities on the downtown east side. But he acknowledges there will not be enough housing for everyone. So basically, the downtown east side has now become a tent city. Now, it wasn't a tent city the times that I've driven through there. It was really open air. And on the west coast, you see a lot of tent cities. You see it in Seattle. You see it in San Francisco. You see it in Portland. Laws are different for homelessness on the West Coast than they are on the East Coast. They treat homeless people different in the Pacific Northwest than they do in Atlanta or New York City or Chicago. Back to the article. Tents and other temporary structures have long been a fixture of East Hastings Street, but a number of permanent tents and the scale of encampment have grown rapidly since July. That's when Vancouver police ceased to support city engineers who worked and conducted daily so-called street sweeps. This practice is necessary to clean up trash and discarded items, but which some neighborhood advocates say involves targeting homeless and taking their belongings. And I just wanted to talk about it. It's, It's interesting to get the perspective in another country. One of my biggest sponsors, Upside Home and, and Consulting Partners. They're really focused on aging in place, but they have a lot of solutions, and, and they have a lot of in their think tank, and a lot of brilliant people that work there. They they do a lot of work with strategic solutions for homelessness, in the senior population. And David Meyer comes on the show. We talk about health crisis all the time. John Gorman has talked about that when he's been on the show. Rick Witted, who comes in from from U.S. Hunger, talks about we talk about social determinants of health. We talk about dignity. We talk about discretion. But I just think this situation in Vancouver is very interesting because, once again, I've seen it close up. You have an open air drug market, which is by design, but then people start to put tents up and it becomes a tent city. And think about the sanitary issues. You already have people shooting heroin. You have people doing drugs. You have prostitution. And now you have people living there. You have people. Yeah, bodily waste. It's just it's just an absolute cluster. And I'm curious just to I'm gonna keep reporting on this. I'm very interested and intrigued. Like I said, if you haven't been to if you've never been there, and I'm not saying to go there for sightseeing, I mean it's not something, but but just at least Google it. Because it, it just does not sound like something or look like something that should happen in north america in the developed world and i've been to kingston i've been to china i've been to some some pretty interesting developing places i've never seen anything in my life like east hastings street in vancouver british columbia which is which is believed by many people to be the most beautiful city perhaps in the entire world lance J show (laughs) Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the 5th J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon. Seven. 7 Studios. Studios. For a demonstration request, go to www.episource.com. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. I think some sometimes people, you know, they get fuzzy when it comes to my crew. But let me tell y'all, there's no I don't don't think anybody gets fuzzy And I'm going to say this loud. I'm going to say this proudly. There's no group like my group. Now, there's been groups, but not like my group. Right. James Lewis. See, my group, we never tarnished none of our albums. Right, right, right. That's number one. Mm. And everything we put out went plaque. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.